Welcome back. This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our differences often shows us more about what we have in common. Again, I'm Condis Presley. Saturday, coming up June 3rd, I personally am inviting you to join me at the Battery for a very special event. The National Brain Tumor Society will host its first ever walk and race in Atlanta at the Battery Saturday morning, June the 3rd. We get started at 7, a remembrance ceremony at 8.30 that will be emceed by my colleague Justin Farmer. You all know that our community lost our anchor, Channel 2 anchor, and my dear friend, Javita Moore, to a brain tumor in October of 2021. Her diagnosis had only come six months earlier. Here to talk with us about why this is such a critical fight, not only for our community, but for other communities, is David Ahrens. David is president and chief executive officer of the National Brain Tumor Society. In his current role, he provides leadership and management for NBTS and its venture philanthropy affiliate, the Brain Tumor Investment Fund. David, welcome to Perspectives. Thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. Talk to me about what led you guys to bring an event to our city, Atlanta? Yeah, really, the, the community, the, the volunteers, the uh, families, friends who have sadly lost loved ones to different forms of brain tumors and those that are living with a brain tumor today. Uh, the, the Atlanta brain tumor community and greater Georgia brain tumor community is very strong and they want resources. They want awareness. They want strategies to help them find the best treatments. These are all the things that National Brain Tumor Society can provide, but it takes a village, as we say, and we thought, let's all come together, have a, a terrific 5K walk-run event as one part of how we bring the whole community together to, to get to work to go after cures. Nearly 4,000 Georgians this year We'll have a doctor tell them that they are living with a brain tumor, and almost 800 of those tumors are malignant, meaning there's really not much you can do, kind of like what happened with our friend. How did you come to this work, and how do you not get discouraged in this fight every day? Well, I came into this work because my, my own father died of cancer when I was a teenager, so after working in uh, a whole different career in uh, law practice, I really wanted revenge against cancer. So I uh, got involved in, in the cancer business and, and uh, here at National Brain Tumor Society, we get to continue that, that fight against cancer in the form of battling different brain cancers. Um, don't get discouraged at all because we are making progress in research. Sometimes it looks like we're not, but when you really look at the science and medicine that's been evolving over the last 10 years. Although survival rates for some forms of brain cancer have not changed nearly enough, we have a long way to go. You see the science progressing year over year. We know more about brain tumors and how they evolve and how they react to drugs. In 2023, way, we know way more than we did even three years ago. And we can build upon the progress in science and medicine and some of those discoveries and that progress is happening right there at Emory, at Piedmont, and at other hospitals uh, throughout the state of Georgia. Can you talk to us more specifically about some of the progress that has been made? What are some of the wins? Is it in 
understanding more about how these tumors form, or is it in developing medications that cause the tumors to shrink and perhaps even die? Sure. Uh, one of the biggest uh, parts of progress in the last few years has been the improvements in neurosurgery. Uh, today's state-of-the-art neurosurgeons are doing better surgeries than ever before, but they're mainly found at the top cancer hospitals like Emory Winship Cancer Center and Dr. Aja Endum there, who's performing some of those great surgeries that, that really bring out most of the tissue and are able to leave the patient better off. That's one form of innovation. Another part is in, in device technology. Just in a few years ago, there was a, a, a device added to the standard of care in glioblastoma uh, called tumor treating fields by a company called Novacure, and that's extending overall survival for patients. Uh, we're also seeing the opportunity to repurpose drugs that were developed for other cancers and now potentially evaluate them and bring them forward to be used for glioblastoma and other forms of brain cancer in adults and children, including National Brain Tumor Society's DNA Damage Response Consortium that's uh, developing drugs that help, uh, help um, inhibit or stop the ability of cancer's ability to repair itself. So we're seeing innovation across different types of treatments, and that's moving forward pretty rapidly. I think many folks in our audience, David, are familiar with the word glioblastoma because it is the most deadly of the brain cancers and the brain tumors. Can you share with us and sort of walk us through a bit of a, a primer of, of what are the typical diagnoses and uh, typical uh, pathways for care? Absolutely. There's about 700,000 Americans uh, living with a primary brain tumor, another 300,000 living with a brain cancer that started in another part of their body. And typically, patients learn they have brain cancer through lots of ways. Sometimes it starts slow with headaches, seizures. Sometimes it starts with, with uh, uh, other symptoms and signs. But then once they ultimately have an MRI, uh, then a brain tumor can be detected. But from there, patients typically go through surgery to biopsy or remove the tissue. And from there, it's essential that patients have uh, state-of-the-art pathology to learn really what the tumor is. And that sets up the course of treatment uh, from there, whether it's it could be standard of care radiation and chemotherapy. It could be uh, sometimes immunotherapy. Uh, we've been having a hard time making immunotherapy work for, for brain tumors, but the research keeps continuing. And more and more, we realize it may be combinations of treatment working together to try to slow and stop different forms of brain cancer. We very much encourage patients and caregivers to come to National Brain Tumor Society and talk with us. We have a personalized support and navigation team that can help patients talk about and learn about their own diagnosis and formulate the questions to go right back to their doctors and ask the next better set of more precise questions to learn about their cancer and, and, and learn what treatments should be available to them, including clinical trials. Because it's all about quality of life, correct? All about quality of life, survival and quality of life. It's not enough to beat cancer. We need to figure out what are the treatments 
that, that leave you better off, leave you with the ability to think, function, feel. This is a cancer that can steal life and also one's sense of self. That's what makes it different from other types of cancer. So it's, it's developing a treatment plan specific to that patient that helps them survive and live the life that they want to live for as long as they can. Walk us through this clinical trial process. How are they developed and how does a patient learn that he or she is eligible for it? And then are there just some that, that candidates are, are not going to be able to get in and why is that? Absolutely. Uh, before you get to a clinical trial, there's a lot of uh, laboratory work that goes into evaluating whether it's a drug or a medical device might be beneficial to patients. But once it's determined by the researchers and by the Food and Drug Administration that this is ready to move into a human clinical trial, and then you start a small clinical trial called a phase one trial, and they're usually looking for to, to determine whether this is safe. It's a safety study. But from there, once they've established a safety profile, the, the clinical trial can graduate into a phase two or even a phase three trial looking for efficacy or does it work? Does it benefit? Does it kill the cancer? And this is the, the biomedical research process to move from the lab to clinical trials to evaluate patients and how they're doing in clinical trials all the way on to ultimately FDA approval, or sadly, in many cases, they find that the, the drug or device does not prove safe enough or effective enough. And so really don't want to approve things to come to patients if they're not working or they're not safe either way. But if a patient is not eligible for a clinical trial, there are other avenues. There are programs like compassionate use that patients, doctors, the FDA, and a drug company or a device company can work together to help avail the patient of that investigational device or drug uh, outside of a clinical trial. So there are avenues for patients to try out not yet approved things by the FDA and see if they might work. But the first step is find out if you're eligible for a clinical trial even today's standard of care guidelines for glioblastoma call for patients to look into clinical trials from day one. Of the 700,000 Americans who are living or diagnosed with a brain tumor, is that about half? And how many of those people are, are children? Because we also do a lot of work with Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and the Aflac Cancer Center here in Atlanta uh, with kids who have pediatric brain tumors. Yeah, sadly, uh, pediatric brain tumors are the leading cause of cancer death in children age zero to 19. Fortunately, pediatric brain tumors are rare. And so out of the 700,000 Americans, you only have a much smaller portion, uh, around 22,000 living with um, uh, a pediatric brain tumor. And so fortunately it's rare. However, is among the, that group, some of the worst types of pediatric brain tumors are often the most deadly. Uh, one type called diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma called DIPG can leave a child with less than a school year to live. And there is no standard of care for them. There's been no drugs exclusively approved 
for this type of brain cancer and several other terrible pediatric brain tumors. So really, when you think about children as a vulnerable population, one in which we, we place on a higher level of priority in this country, it means that, that pediatric brain tumors should also be at a highest level of, of priority for, for our country, for our states, and for, for all of what we do. We have to go after these tumors uh, to help save kids. You, David, serve on the Blue Ribbon Panel of Experts selected to help to advise the National Cancer Moonshot led by now President Joe Biden. His son uh, died of the same thing Jovita did. How, how's the work going on that? The work is progressing. Actually, yesterday, um, the Biden administration's Cancer Moonshot program brought a whole group of brain tumor experts, patients, caregivers, advocates together at the White House to discuss what we should do differently. How do we think out of the box? What innovative solutions we can bring to bear over the next five years to try to change the game in this battle against glioblastoma, terrible kids' brain tumors, and, and all brain tumors. And so we saw a lot of leadership from the White House uh, over the last couple of years after all, cancer was one of the top five priorities in the president's State of the Union address. And then, like I said yesterday, he brought us all together to, to have a, a serious discussion of what we need to do differently. So the moonshot is moving, moving ahead, and it's moving, we think, in a positive direction on, on this cause. You've talked to us about some of the symptoms that will lead a patient to seek treatment to, you know, to get that the MRI, perhaps then surgery or a biopsy. Do we know anything about causes? Is it just, you know, I remember Joe told me, she said, I just got dealt a bad hand. And does it really just drill down to that? Yeah, so far, everyone wants to look for causes. It's very human and natural. Um, so far, there's not enough research on hereditable brain tumors. There's a few hereditable mutations which may um, predispose someone to a brain tumor, but there needs to be a lot more research on hereditable brain cancer in terms of environmental risk factors. Again, there needs to be a lot more research on this. Uh, it's, it's easy to say this or that may cause brain tumors, but there's no real validated studies that, that prove this out. Now, again, thanks to Congress and the Biden administration, they passed something called the PACT Act, which will help collect data from military veterans, uh, first responders, those that have been working in toxic conditions and track them. If they have cancer, it's gonna track them over time to try to draw correlations or connections between their work environment and, and the cancers that they got, including brain cancers. But these are early days. We can't draw those conclusions at the present time. So much of the research focuses on, on stopping the cancer and curing the cancer while we need to keep up research on the causes of brain cancer. Is there any research that looks at the influence of race and or ethnicity with respect to the development of brain tumors and brain cancers? Absolutely. That's ongoing. It's being funded by the National Institutes of Health right now. But one of the most important changes that's occurred in the last 12 months 
is that Congress passed a law uh, requiring that those that are developing new drugs must in develop plans to uh, improve diversity in clinical trials. Clinical trials should not just be available for the wealthy. They not, should not just be available for those that can afford to get into the best hospitals. Now Congress took action to help make sure that those designing clinical trials have to start planning for how Americans of all backgrounds, races, incomes might be better represented in state-of-the-art cancer clinical trials. What kind of support can those listening to us in Atlanta today receive from the National Brain Tumor Society at a national level should they ever get such a, such a diagnosis or are already living with a family member who has a brain tumor? Well, the first thing they're going to have a National Brain Tumor Society is a home. We want you to come to us right away. Come to us first. As soon as you hear about a diagnosis, give us a call. Connect with us. We want to make sure you get to the, the best treatment for you right away and have all of your questions answered and even know what's the, the state of the art, the cutting edge going on in research. So you can take that back to your care team and ask them questions about what might be right for you. We offer support groups. We have a national virtual support group. We have one for patients and caregivers, another one for those that have lost someone and are going through palpable grief. We help people with all kinds of resources, information, videos, but number one is you have a home with MBTS. You have a community of people that want you to be part of our organization and to come together meet other people, meet us on the staff and the team. And we want to make sure that no one ever has to go alone through this brain tumor experience unless they want to. But we, want, but we don't think anybody really wants to go alone through this. You have a place here with National Brain Tumor Society. And that includes everyone in Georgia and neighboring states is, is let's come together. It's the only way we can work our way through this the lived experience, as well as go conquer and cure brain tumors once and for all. How confident and optimistic are you that we are going to win this fight? Definitely believe we're going to win this fight. If you take a look at what's happened in forms of lung cancer and melanoma over the last decade, 20 years ago, there were no answers in melanoma, just skin cancer. Uh, uh, people were dying of late stage melanoma. And then just in the last 10 years, there was the breakthrough of immunotherapy or making the body's immune system work against the cancer. Now those with late stage melanoma have a chance of survival through various types of drugs. Same with lung cancer and different forms of immunotherapy, but also other, other types of, of treatments we see different forms of lung cancer becoming chronic manageable diseases versus lethal short-term deadly diseases. We definitely are at a tipping point scientifically. We have some unique challenges in brain tumor, brain tumors that we have to surpass, such as the blood-brain barrier, uh, also the fact that it's the brain is more difficult to access than other parts of the body, but these are not insurmountable challenges, and we can do this together 
through National Brain Tumor Society's funded research programs, we are taking on these barriers and knocking them down one by one. And so by joining forces with us, you can be part of that detailed strategy to go, go from where we are today to making terrible diseases like glioblastoma and turn it in from a death sentence to a chronic manageable disease. That seems like an achievable goal. And when I talked to Dr. Endem earlier this week, he was, he said, you know, he has his, his patient care, uh, the surgery that he performs, and then the work that he does in the lab. And he even went into talking about having at times to perform surgery while the patient is awake because the location of the tumor means he wants to make sure that he doesn't impair another cognitive ability. That's hard. It's really hard. And, and it's, and, but it takes incredible skill as a surgeon, the kind of skill that Dr. Endem has. The other thing that Dr. Endem is an expert in at Emory there is drug delivery during surgery. And so that is another innovation is the ability to utilize a, a, the experience of an operation to also deliver drugs right into the tumor area to better kill the cancer cells. So there's clinical trials work that's going on at Emory and at other universities around the country to improve the ability to deliver innovative investigational, not yet approved drugs and devices during and uh, before and right after surgery to improve the chances of success. David, I want to thank you again so much for bringing the National Brain Tumor Society to Georgia, to Atlanta, to the greater Southern states with the, the walk in the race that we're going to have Saturday morning, June 3rd at the Battery Atlanta. Uh, as I said, we cannot thank you all uh, for the support that you all have provided those of us in Atlanta uh, in the loss of our friend and our college of Moore. And our, our hearts go out to to you and to the, the Moore family and uh, all those who have lost someone in the greater Georgia area. Looking forward to seeing everyone on Saturday, June 3rd. Please join us at braintumor.org. Feel free to, to, to sign up. Uh, grateful for your, your generous gifts uh, that we can put right to work in our mission to go conquer and cure brain tumors. Looking forward to seeing everyone soon. Thank you so much for having us here today. David Aarons, President, Chief Executive Officer of the National Brain Tumor Society. Again, thank you. We will see you in about a week. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condas Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condas? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore new perspectives. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.